Hey, welcome to the Living the Dream podcast. This is your host, Timmy Douglas, and the goal of this podcast is to create a community that inspires action, accountability, celebrates progress, and helps people make the right connections to take that next step towards their dreams and goals. If you're looking for any one-on-one coaching to pinpoint your purpose and start taking steps in that direction, make sure to contact me on my website, workwithtimmydouglas.com, or on social media. On that note, let's get into the show. All right, what's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Living the Dream podcast. So today we have a special episode. Mary, who we just had on the show, will actually be interviewing me today. So Mary, welcome back. Great to be back. I'm very excited for this. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm excited too. So um, yeah, I guess we can jump right in if you want to start off. Yes, yes, I'm very um, I feel like you've gotten, you asked so many people these questions. I think it's amazing for you to have an opportunity to speak to them yourself. So first, um, we'd love to hear about you. So what do you do for fun? Yeah, yeah, for fun. I love to watch anime and play chess. Those are like some of my two biggest hobbies, anime and chess. And then I also really love anything friendly competitive so like any friendly competitive sport like I used to play cutthroat competitive sports and that was like (laughs) didn't really like that because I was good at them but it always felt bad like uh dominating somebody or being dominated I felt like Mm -hmm. that was very much the mentality but friendly competition where we're each pushing each other to grow and um you know at the end of the competition it's like we're buddy buddy eating meals together that's what I kind of live for so chess anime some real friendly competition stuff. And then um, I also game a little with my girlfriend and hanging out with my girlfriend a lot. So. All right. What's an example of a, of like a slightly competitive or a friendly competitive game? Yeah. So really it kind of stays focused on sports and board games. So mm. I would say mm-hmm. I play sand volleyball. I play basketball and I'll do football every now and then, but I grew up playing football and that, that was the cutthroat competition. So I kind of stay right. clear of that. <laughs> Um, that's for friendly. And then for board games, it's like Avalon, um, Monopoly, cover your assets and Avalon in particular, because I'm really good at, um, you know, kind of reading a room and doing a, it's like a social manipulation game. And so that's usually not appropriate to do in life, (laughs) but like in Avalon, it's like, I can kind of work on my persuasion skills, um, in a friendly competitive non-hurtful way yeah in a game as a context a context that allows for kind of different skills to be built exactly cool cool so um what do you do for work yeah for work so still w2 i have my be my app is the company i work at right now sales job and i'm also host of this podcast lifestyle and passion coaching um i've had some free clients here and there but had one paid client, but he actually dipped out on me before he paid me. So payment up front from now on. <laughs> <laughs> Learning opportunities at every at every step, right? Yep, yep, absolutely. It was like a month of coaching, and then he just ghosted me. And he was like oh. getting results too. And I, it, you know what's funny about that? He could have told me that he just didn't want to pay me, and I probably would have been okay with it because I love the opportunity to help people. Like mm-hmm. if he just explained his situation to me. But it was like, just ghosting me, like, dude, I want to hear about like how you're doing and stuff. So it was just an interesting um, 
experience, but payment up front now. So lifestyle and passion coaching <laughs> and also real estate investor, investor, big on really just all things business and multiplying money. I think figuring out how money flows and how it's kind mm, of imaginary mm-hmm. and that you can call it from like, you can call millions upon millions, if not billions of dollars, if you have the right opportunity. And so realizing that it's just a means for like, uh, kind of relating to each other in like a very structured way, it makes it pretty like, wow, the world really runs on relationships like we talked about. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so building those relationships, getting with the right people, getting the right deals together, and then teaching people how to get those deals and um, mm-hmm. get with the right people, it'll really change your life. Like it's crazy what will happen. And it's still like, you know, like I know it, like I read the books about it, I have the knowledge, but like believing it and like still conflicts with some of my beliefs growing up about money being hard and taxes being confusing and all of these things mm-hmm. so, yep yeah, th- those are just some of the pots that I have my hand in on the occupational side yeah working like working in a variety of different different areas so I'm curious what I feel like I kind of heard some of this but what gets you up in the morning What's your motivation? (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. So very similar to what this podcast is. I love the lifestyle and passion coaching, helping people with their dreams and goals and really um, helping them get clear on what their next step is. I feel like a lot of times Mm. we get like analysis paralysis or we'll be looking long term or 10 years down the road. Like, I don't know how to be a public speaker in front of 50,000 people. So I'm frozen. That's like, well, speak in front of your spouse. Like, can you do that? Speak in front of your friends at like a Toastmasters or something like that. Can you start start small, take one action step that is challenging outside your comfort zone, but it's still like, it's a step you can take right now in that it's like, you can pick up the phone and arrange this at this second is the mm-hmm. kind of step that I like. It's like immediate action step. And so that's really where I get my energy just because I think progress is pretty important. I think Tony Robbins talks about this a lot of like, life being or a satisfying, fulfilling life being based on growth. And if you're growing, you're happy. If you're decaying or you're dying, you're going to get all that sad, negative emotion that we all tend to get. And so I really like measurable growth and helping Mm -hmm. people identify that next action step and kill it because then they're like, oh, that was easy. I can do the next thing. I can do the next thing. I can do the next thing. And then five years later, it's like you've completely changed your life. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm hearing how growth for you means like the growth kind of in the area right in front of you rather than like grow and what will I become later on? Um, and I'm curious, what does lifestyle passion mean to you? Like it's a, it's, it's a bold statement and I'm curious, what what is it about it that felt like that's what this podcast is about? What is it that you that you do? Yeah, so it, it really is all about helping people live their dream life. So it's not one specific thing. Like when I was... Mm thinking about my coaching, honestly, long-term, I want to coach for free. Like my ideal is walking through life with people on a one-on-one basis and being able to walk through adversity with them, walk through the difficult parts of their life. But like, as like a very close friend, mentor, like we just have a close relationship and we're growing together. Like that's, that's the ideal, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But it's hard for me to show up for people when I have work commitments or um, this commitment or that commitment. So it's like the monetizing, you know, I've been learning a lot about some of the limiting beliefs I had around monetizing, but really 
one, opening yourself up to receiving compensation or resources. It doesn't always have to be money. Receiving anything actually allows you to scale serving. So that's one thing. But ideally, my ideal world is like I can like receive value in other ways than money because all of my stuff is taken care of. And really the value I get is just being with people and really helping them decide where in life do I get the most energy? Where am I the happiest? And how can I maximize that? Because I believe when people are really the whole thing is like, I want to stop unnecessary suffering because I feel like there's a lot of necessary suffering. Mm. And so unnecessary suffering really comes around like, um, you know, having a lack of food, having a lack of water, having a lack of shelter, security, um, or like even like validation, like a lack of validation, like you don't validate yourself, you have a low self-image, et cetera, et cetera. I think all that's unnecessary suffering. And then I think there's some necessary suffering where it's like there's a human condition, there's like longing for something, um, whether that be connection or love or God or whatever may, the universe, whatever it may be. Um, but I grew up and I saw my family really focused on things that were unnecessary. Like we didn't mm. need to be suffering that way. And because of that, we actually didn't focus on the necessary things. So like up until the point I was 18, I hadn't said, I love you to my parents. Okay. And I was like, it's really sad now thinking back on it. But when I was mm -hmm. up until the point I was 18, that didn't matter to me. And I was like, that's just how life mm -hmm. is. When I got to college. I saw how people were living their life and I saw how their families were. I was like, whoa, there are people whose families are different from mine and they're happy in their families. And I started learning about money and I was like, wow, a lot of the struggles we were having really weren't needed like at all. But we, that was our whole focus. And that ended up tearing our family apart because we were focused on like the, um, not unnecessary parts of life, but focused on the suffering that didn't need to be there. When there was some suffering that mm, we needed mm -hmm. to address as a family, if that mm -hmm. makes sense. Yeah, like things got eclipsed. So there yep. was a focus on something that that eclipsed other things that that um, have narrowed the view on things. Yeah. Exactly. And so that's really my, when I'm thinking lifestyle and passion coaching, it's like, let's get away from unnecessary suffering, get to what gives you energy, and so then you can be a kind of light in the world. There's this poem by Marianne Williamson. Um, my deepest fear is not that I'm inadequate. It's that yeah. I am powerful beyond measure. That whole poem, you can go Google it, um, talks about letting your own light shine so you give others permission to do the same. And so that's yeah. really where I'm moving. Like, let your own light shine. Get away from that unnecessary suffering. Indulge in the necessary suffering so you grow. Like, suffering produces growth. And then be a light for other people. And I think that's where we get the most fulfillment as humans. And that's where I love seeing people thrive because when they're happy, it's like, oh, like when you see a happy person, it's just the energy radiates. And so everybody loves it. Like everybody does. So I love it too. So that's really what I'm doing. Clarity, next action step, getting away from unnecessary suffering to embracing necessary suffering and doing what gives you energy, makes you happiest. So you can give back to others. I mean, that dovetails beautifully into the the nervous question of what are your dreams? Tell us, Timothy, what what are your dreams? Lifelong, bucket list, short, long term. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So um, I really have two two dreams and goals. Like um, 
two big focuses in my life. Mm -hmm. These kind of drive every decision that I make. Um, it's financial freedom for myself and my family. Like mm -hmm. that's, uh, it's just a pain point and I just want to grow through that with my family. And I think there are a lot of barriers that could be surmounted with financial freedom. And then we could then delve into some of the other stuff where it's like, I want a better relationship. Like I want to see my parents consistently, but if we don't live in the same place because we don't have the money to move, like that's like mm -hmm. very mm -hmm. barriers that we can conquer. Yeah. I'm like in the next couple of years, like easy. And so um, that's the first goal. Second goal is um, raising the standard of living uh, across the world to middle-class America. And that's really, all of this is away from unnecessary suffering towards necessary suffering and growth, right? So I think it's pretty unnecessary given the resources that we have today that people go without food, without water, without shelter, without proper medical care, and without like being able to walk out of their house feeling safe. I just don't think that's really needed. I think if we work together, so it's really uniting 1 billion people to raise the standard of living to middle-class mm. America across the world. Cause I know I can't do it alone, but I'm like, if 1 billion people every day for like an hour a day or every week for an hour a week, like put in time, energy, and effort to alleviating poverty. Like I really think we could make, we could do some damage in that like, you know, the world governments and stuff, they're already on pace to like end extreme poverty, but then there's relative poverty, right? So maybe you don't have people living on $1.50 a day, but you still have people in America who can't feed their three kids and they're mm, on food stamps mm -hmm. and stuff like that. So really that extreme poverty and relative poverty, I kind of want it gone just because I think it gives people space. I think that's something a lot of us lack, just space. And it's hard to go to somebody who is hungry and say, hey, create space for your mental health. It's like, well, I'm trying to create space for my physical health right now. So mm -hmm. I need you to butt out, right? Is a lot of the resistance that I run into myself when I'm talking to myself. So it's like, I also run into it when I'm talking to other people. And so, yeah, those are my two big dreams and goals. I would say um, the other kind of thing, motivation wise, dreams and goals wise, leading with love and leading with adding value to people. So I think it's like, those are the three heavy hitters for me. And then there are other things I want to do. Like I want to travel a lot. Um, I just want it to be a consistent part of my life. I really want to reform the school system in some way. Like I just don't, I, I want kids to be educated about money mm -hmm. and confidence and the things they need to like either find their dream job or start their dream business or impact their dream person that they want to impact. That's really what I want. I want everybody to be impacting that person they want to impact. So um, yeah, I would say those are my, those are my big dreams and goals. I love them. So, okay. Financial freedom, raising the standard of living to middle-class America, reforming the school system, traveling, leading with love. Wow. Those are some, <laughs> those are some real big dreams. I love that. Um, and so I'm curious, what, what caused you to take the first steps towards your dreams? Are you kind of taking first steps towards your, your dreams right now? Um, choose any of them, but I'm really interested in the raising standards, uh, standard of living. Like I saw you lied up talking about that. Like that felt like the, the powerful, like punchy thing. 
Yeah, that's uh, that. I would say that's really the biggest. That's really the only dream and goal, like that standard mm-hmm. of living. Because I feel like my whole life is a movement away from unnecessary suffering towards necessary suffering and growth. And so that's like the big dream that's away from unnecessary suffering, and everything else is kind of like building blocks towards that dream. If that makes sense. Um, first steps for me, when I was fourteen, uh, I saw financial issues really tearing my family apart, and I said. I will not struggle with this for the rest of my life. I will create financial freedom. In my head at 14, that was going to the NFL because that was the only mm-hmm. options I had in front of me. So that's what I was going to do. And then I was like, I hate football. I can't do this. I had lived other people's life my whole life. I had mm-hmm. gotten good grades. I had done really good at football. And I was really good at the stuff I did. Like, I, I am an executor. But I was only an executor for other people. Like, I still struggle to this day executing for myself, showing up for myself. I'm like, why is it that I can be such a high performer when I'm doing it for other people? But when it comes to myself, I'm a lower performer. And that really comes in with that, like, self-confidence. And so I'm taking first steps there. Um, But I would say the initial first step started when I was 14. I made that decision. So I started pursuing financial freedom. As I started pursuing financial freedom, you know, you come across self-development. And you learn that life isn't about money (laughs) and you have to build a fulfilling life too. (laughs) And so that was part of the journey as well. There was a whole journey in college of like journey towards authenticity. So Mm. I love Mm -hmm. Christ, but I kind of hate Christianity. So um, I love Christ because he leads his life with love. And so it gives me an example mm-hmm. of how to lead with love. But Christianity, it feels really limiting and like it uh, judges more than it loves. And so that really bothers me. I experienced a lot of that in college, but mm-hmm. long story short, huge journey towards authenticity in college of like getting to know myself, getting to be okay with myself and getting to the point where I'm okay with others judging me and me still being me. Like that mm-hmm. was a big step. Mm-hmm. Big step for mm-hmm. me. So I'd say those are really first steps, that decision for financial freedom and that decision towards authenticity. After the authenticity piece, I got to the point where I was like, I made a commitment to myself. I'm only going to do things that give me energy or that are absolutely necessary based on my values. So like one day when I have kids, I probably won't always want to change their diapers, but based on my values, that's an absolutely necessary thing. I want to take care of my kid, right? Anything else, like, if it doesn't, like, give me energy and it's not absolutely necessary, why am I doing it? It's probably to please other people, which I probably don't want to be doing because that's not based, that's not my value set. And so um, I did an energy audit, what gives me energy, what drains my energy. Realized 90% of the things I was doing were draining my energy, and I focused on the one thing that was giving me energy, which was talking about people's dreams and goals and helping Mm. them do it, hence... Yeah, I was like, is this the origin story of of this right now? (laughs) Yep, yep, that is the origin story of the podcast. But then I, you know, I had a realization. I walked past um, homeless people and I was like, if I feel like I feel, how do they feel? And that just, it made me, it made me think. I was like, I have a lot. And as I've grown in my self-development, part of this is like perspective and gratitude, for sure. And part of it is like their life is hard and they probably, not all of them at least, have that information coming in. So they're struggling, 
and nobody's helping them in their struggle. And that broke my heart. But then I was like, um, as you can tell, really big dreams and goals. And it's because my coach, when I was going through off season in high school said, look at the person next to you. If they're doing it, you can do it too. So I believe that I can basically do anything. Like there's not much that I'm like, oh, I can't do that. And so with that belief comes responsibility though. So I saw homeless people and I'm like, the only reason I'm not in a better position to help them is because of like my limiting beliefs, my fear, my inconsistency. And so I took a form of extreme ownership over their situation, which initially it was unhealthy, I would say. Mm-hmm. Like it was getting to the point where I was like uh, feeling responsible for the fact that they were homeless. Well, no, that's not what I'm responsible for. But I am responsible for the fact that I'm not in a position to help them right now. And me taking responsibility over that is really where that dreaming goal comes in. I was like, well, there's no reason that we can't raise the standard of living to middle-class America across the world. Like, I genuinely believe I can do that. I genuinely believe I can rally 1 billion people. Like, if you look at it, Facebook has like 2.7 billion users monthly. It's like, if Facebook can get 2.7 billion people, we for sure can get 1 billion. Like, that's actually cutting it. We, we should get more than that. Um, <laughs> should dream larger, think larger. <laughs> what, else, what else is possible? Exactly. But so I, I felt that responsibility about not being in the position to help them. And I would say that's really what caused me to take the first step towards having that big dreaming goal. And actually, it started with a blog in college. And now it's just constantly in the back of my head. That's what my, if you guys are on YouTube watching this, um, it's what my background is left with love connected by choice. Um, cool. Yeah. So that's, that's my journey. First steps, authenticity, energy audit, compassion and empathy. So that yeah. big dreams. I'd love to kind of go back. Authenticity piece feels really important because it feels like the catalyst for everything else that was, that was going on. I'm curious if you can say more about, um, like how did you recognize that authenticity was so key? Was there like a moment? Um, and in that journey, how was that, that, that journey of moving from wanting kind of like being authentic for, or not being authentic, but feeling the external pressures and doing the things for other people rather than for yourself? What, is there like a particular moment that it changed? Was it a more like, um, more of a, like a process that you went through? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, There were a couple things that happened, but really it was, of course, it was a process. I mean, years upon years of living other people's lives until the point I was 18. So there was all that frustration built up. And Mm -hmm. when I was 18, uh, I may seem like a pretty positive, optimistic guy now, but I still struggle with anger. And I was really angry at 18, like really, you know, victim mentality. Like I'd grown up black in America Every day on the news, it seems like there's a black dude getting shot. I was like, am I even going to live past 25? So there was fear. There was anger. And I started learning about redlining and the fact that black people couldn't even buy homes in the 40s. And I was like, oh, so that's why we don't have generational wealth now. And that pissed me off. And then I started, um, it actually took my anger at my parents and turned it to compassion. Because like, I understand now you grew up black in the 70s. You grew up black in the 60s. Like, if I'm mad now, I can only imagine what you had to go through. Mm-hmm. So there was a lot of anger. 
And um, I would say the journey started towards authenticity when I was asked the question, what emotion do you have the most trouble controlling? And this was a weird question for me because I was like, I can control all my emotions. I was like, when I'm sad, nobody will know I'm sad. When I'm angry, nobody will know I'm angry because in order to be a high performer, I had to be able to control my emotions so I could execute because my emotions would have crushed me otherwise. And as a side note, angry black man, not a good sight, mm-hmm. especially when you're six foot and you like are on the bigger side so you can intimidate people, right? So that was also part of that fear part. But when they asked me that question, I was like, I control all my emotions, except for happiness. I cannot control my happiness. And that's when I knew something had to change. And I had kind of gone to college looking for a change because I had a rough relationship in high school where it made me get face to face with myself because I had really messed up. And it was, I was like, wow, I'm more like my dad than I realized. And that kind of shook me to my core. And um, so I went to college looking for the love of Christ, realized I couldn't control my happiness. And then the journey of authenticity started. I was like, how do I get to the point where I feel good in life? And, you know, that's self-development. That was journaling. That was gratitude. But none of that stuff worked for me. And none of it works to this day. Like I have trouble getting a consistent gratitude practice, a consistent meditation practice, a consistent any practice. But I think the thing that is consistent is uh, creating space for myself. And the space that I create is like, it varies. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's walks. Sometimes it's time to think. Sometimes it's uh, lifting weights. Like whatever that space is, I will create it when I need it. But authenticity really happened for me when I got this one belief. So it was journey of anger, living other people's lives. It was all leading up to, I would say, this one point. Uh, there are a couple points. The, the first never point, is, never is just one. Yeah. <laughs> More complex. Yeah, yeah. I would say the first point was when I realized I had a choice in life. Mm. I was talking to Hollins Worsley. Shout out Hollins, love you lots. And she was like, um, "You have to, you have to choose the things in your life." Because I was describing my life to her, and I was like, "I have this life back home, and I have this life here, and I feel like things are up in the air and they're floating and they're just falling, and I could catch." whatever I want to catch, but I can't catch it all. Like, that's how I feel right now. She's like, yeah, and you have to choose. You could either choose life with Christ and choose to lead with love, or you could choose to like, you know, go back to your old life and kind of ride the fence. And in that moment I chose, I was like, I think I'm gonna try out this relationship thing with Christ. Um, And that was really cool for me. But uh, even though you think it's gonna be all roses after that, it is not. (laughs) It was not. It is not. It never will be. (laughs) There's always some stuff that you got to go through. And um, I had to learn what Christ's love actually meant, which leads me to this moment. And the moment that really freed me up to be authentic was when I realized that I had an audience of one in life. And that audience was God. And I could be doing anything and he would still love me. I could literally be on a mission to kill everybody on the planet. That could be my sole intent. And knowing that I was going to be born with that mission, that I was going to live 90 years of my life that way, he still would have died on the cross for me. Like when that thought, that idea of unconditional love sunk in, and I realized he was the only one that 
I needed to be worried about looking at me and I knew he was going to love me regardless of what I did, it freed me up to fail. Like for the longest time, mm-hmm. I had put mm-hmm. so much pressure on myself to succeed, which is why I was such a high performer. But I, I was like, I can fail now. Like it is okay to fail. It is okay to be myself. It is okay if people don't like me because God loves me. And because God loves me, like I can love me, which is why I love the walk with Jesus so much. It like really gave me that notion of like, I can love me how I am. (laughs) And that is like the best thing ever. And so from that point on, it's like, I can be authentic. And even after that point, there was still a lot of uh, things that I wasn't being authentic in because I had relationships that were built on not being authentic. And I was too scared to break out of that. Mm-hmm. And I made the commitment to myself. When I graduate college, natural breaking point, I will be fully authentic in all that I do. I will speak my mind. I will do what I'm going to do, do what gives me energy. I'm going to love myself regardless. And so that's the commitment I made to myself. And I graduated college. Today is March 28th, 2022. I graduated in May of 2021. So that commitment is nine months, 10 months out so far. That's a powerful, powerful uh, story and experience and where you are right now. And congrats on on the, the commitment and where where you are and the dreams that you have connected to it. So I, from the story, it feels like there are a lot of people that kind of connected, connect in with your life, with your coach telling thing, with, with a shout out. Uh, and so I'm curious, what are one or two people that you could meet right now that could help you take the next step towards your biggest dreams and how would they do it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, man, people are just so important in life. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. It's just facts. Um, I would say somebody who like is walking towards the vision with me and can like call me out on my BS when I'm being, when I'm like exhibiting BS. Cause I think there are a lot of times when like, you know, even with my brother, me and my brother are kind of on the mission together. We are on the mission together, but we'll like joke with like a negative limiting belief or something like that. And then we'll laugh about it afterwards. But it's like, no, we just spoke that out of our mouths. And man, Mm -hmm. what you speak has so much power, like so much power. And so even joking like that is like, you know, so that accountability factor of like a partner walking towards the vision that can be that accountability partner where I call them out, they call me out. My brother Theo is definitely that already, but we're looking for 1 billion. So (laughs) as many people as we can get there, but, you know, I want to build like a niche group, like 10 or 20, Mm -hmm. where we're launching this thing. And like, it's probably local um, to the Austin area would be nice because I would like to see them in person, but if not, that's fine too. Um, Yeah. So that's, that's one person. I would say the other people are like, anybody who wants to really hop in the mastermind that I'm trying to, that I'm going through ClickFunnels to market for. Man, ClickFunnels is great. Shout out Russell Brunson. He is a marketing genius and I'm learning a lot, but really the mastermind group, because I think group coaching programs and mastermind is where I want to live. And then Mm -hmm. one-on-one is like within the group of like, you're in the group, 
you're walking towards living this dream life. Let's meet one-on-one. I would love to do that with you all day, every day. But um, as for like one-on-one sessions of like formal coaching, I I just like it a bit less. Um, Doesn't give me as much energy as like living life with people, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So anybody who's looking to join that mastermind, it's really like everything you need to live your dream life is what we're going for outside of like niching down to how to create income in one specific space. I would say that's the only piece the mastermind is missing. And for that, it's like, we'll just help you find the resources you need and help you get in the programs you need and get the education you need. But everything else to like clarity, to smashing limiting beliefs and building abundant beliefs, to um, getting perspective, building gratitude. That's a big thing I want this group for. Accountability for my own, gratitude practices for my own, (laughs) limiting beliefs. Uh, So yeah, and I'd say the last thing is, private investors that want to hop into real estate with me and really um, I have this crazy idea and I don't know if people are doing this out in the world yet. I haven't found anybody who's doing it, but there are two types of private investors. You know, you can be the one for like, you get the traditional 50,000, hundred thousand, but there's this website called small change and it's mm-hmm. like a crowdfunding impact investing platform where you can give as little as $500, I believe. So now it's like, it opens it up to the masses as opposed to like accredited investors, if that makes sense. And so anyway, I wanna get multifamily properties because I'm really big on generational wealth, really big on financial Mm -hmm. freedom. But I also don't wanna get it just for money. So I wanna drive impact. So it's kind of like a microcosm of what will be scaled uh, to raise the standard of living to middle-class America. And the idea is you get a hundred units and usually there's like a 5% vacancy on these properties. You underwrite it for 10% vacancy and you take five of those units and you put homeless people in them and you give them like a 12 month ramp up where it's like, say we need $500 from 5,000 investors to get the down payment for the property. Well, each investor gives 517 and that $17 from 5,000 investors goes to giving those five homeless people resources for the next 12 months and the next five homeless people resources for the next 12 months to really ramp them up, get them into society. And um, mostly because I have a big dream of just being able to walk up to somebody and be like, yo, you want a place to live? Mm-hmm. Do you want to get integrated back into society? Or is this how you want to live? Is this how you, if this is how you want to live, go for it by all means. But if you want help, I'm here to help. And then I want to be able to be committed to them and have the resources to help them. So that's kind of the idea there with um, the multifamily real estate investing. I don't just want to do it for wealth. So it might be a little bit less of a return. We'll still shoot for the 8% um, cash on cash and 15% IRR, but um, we'll be solving homelessness while we're doing it and teaching financial literacy to the other 95 tenants to like help them live their dream life as well. All about helping people live their dream life. <laughs> it all it all interweaves together. It's just different. It's just different uh, kind of aspects of it all all together. Then uh, kind of the follow up from is what are some things that normal everyday people can help to accomplish those dreams? One or two things that they can do to to help you out. I say the first thing is, man, hit me up. Like, talk to me. Um, I love helping people with their dreams and goals. So if you want help hit me up. Like, I will help you. I'll do everything I can to help you. Like, literally, I have this funny trait. I will go to the ends of the earth for people, like, as far as I can go, like, 
to almost unhealthy levels where I have to check myself sometimes <laughs> to like really put yourself me. first, put yourself first. Exactly. exactly. Fill your own cup. I need to eat. I need to eat sometimes. <laughs> um, yeah, for sure. I love helping people. And so hit me up. That's the first thing. Second thing is really just like share and subscribe to this podcast and get this message out there and either join my community or start building a community because we, I will not have 1 billion people in my mastermind because it, then it won't be very intimate. But the goal is to hit 1 billion people all working towards the same goal. So um, we're going to be commissioning people to build communities in the future anyway. So if you want to start that, hit me up and I'll see if I can help you start it. Well, so hitting, hit, kind of talking to you is the core piece and then listening to the podcast uh that's i i love that i also want to go back to one of the things that you said about joking joking about things that are um like don't don't want to joke about a limiting belief i read somewhere that you have to joke about the outcomes that you actually want like don't joke around how lonely you are it's like joke around how what will happen when you have the best like the best partner in the world it's like you want to joke and put that out into the world and that's what i feel kind of this this podcast is even just like say the things that you want and see and and be in that, be in the truth of that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it's exactly what it is because I think saying it is often the first step. Cause once you say it and often, you know, sometimes people will come on the show and they'll say it and I'll be like, um, they'll like know how they're going to get there. But sometimes people will say stuff. They have no idea how they're going to get there. And then I start questioning them on how they would actually get there. I'm like, what is that first step? Like, like kind of low key mm-hmm. a mini coaching <laughs> session. And then they're like, well, I would do this. I would do this. Like, I remember one dude came on the show and he was talking about, um, you know, getting his podcasting and writing business to like six figures or something so he could replace his income. And I was like, crazy example, but if you had a gun to your head and you had to do it in the next 12 months or you and your family die, what would you do? And then he told me exactly what he would do. (laughs) (laughs) Then he was like, and yeah, that would do it. I'm like, so... (laughs) (laughs) So should I expect an email in two weeks? Like, uh, shot him an invoice for a thousand dollars. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> no, but um, it was great to see that happen live on the podcast. And he was like, mm-hmm, "Dude, mm-hmm. thanks for that." I was like, "Go forth and execute." <laughs> and execute, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you feel like you know your next steps? Do you feel like you know the path that you are stepping on, what your next step is, and and maybe not even further path? Like, do you know what the next step is for you? Do you feel like that's that's clear for you? Yeah, for sure. Um, I often write down my goals, and mm, then mm-hmm. I get new information, and then I'm like, oh, before this happens, I need to do this, and before this happens, I need to do this, and so it's like, for example, with this podcast, I was like, I'm gonna post the podcast daily. And then it's going to blow up in two weeks and everybody's going to listen to the podcast. <laughs> and it was not like that. It was not like build it and they will come. And so then I had to pivot. I was like, okay, well now I'm posting daily. I have the system for that, but that's kind of all I had in my mind and it was going to get this result, but it's not getting this result. So what do I do now? And so next steps often change right now. Next steps. I, recently listened to Alex Hormozzi and he was like, if you're not where you want to be in life, it's probably because you lack the skills to be where you want to be. I was like, hmm, mm-hmm. that's a good point. And I was like, what skills am I lacking? And then he said, there are four skills that really generate a lot of wealth and can get you to where you want to be. 
And he was like, you need to be able to capture and multiply attention at like low kind of, um, at no cost to yourself. You need to be able to raise and multiply capital at no cost to yourself. You need to be able to give people their time back. That's usually in tech at no cost to yourself. Or you need to be able to change the beliefs and actions of people at no cost to yourself. You saw people like Jesus do that or Martin Luther King or Gandhi. They really impact a lot of people and cause change on a wide scale. He's like, if you could do those four things, and we can all do them to some degree, but these are skills that you need to hone. And so right now I'm focusing on capture and multiply attention because once mm -hmm. I capture and multiply attention, obviously the podcast will grow, but I'll also be able to get private investors for the real estate ventures. And that like knocks the financial freedom piece out of the park, but also I'll be able to capture and multiply the attention to get to 1 billion people. And, um, you know, capture multiple attention is kind of like the hinge where I'm. Yeah. Overarching. It's an overarching thing. There's lots of things that it trickles down to. Yeah. And so when I really get that skill and I really hone it, which is what I'm doing with ClickFunnels, Russell Brunson, the one funnel away challenge right now, um, it'll free up space for revenue, free up space for more impact. And then I can go do the thing that I really love to do, which is that fourth skill of really changing people's beliefs and actions on a wide scale. Like that's mm -hmm. that's really the goal you know the one billion people so um gotta capture and multiply that attention is my next step right now cool well in that sense learning a little more uh about you if that's your next step and we talked about kind of filling your own cup first uh in two questions what's your favorite book movie or podcast yep favorite book movie or podcast oh man you know i have so many books i love and <laughs> Every time I ask a guest, this question, one, one. they have the Only exact one. same answer. They're like, oh man, I have so many books I love. Um, I would probably have to say, oh, this is so difficult. <laughs> hey, you know, I knew the questions coming in. <laughs> I, I know you knew the questions. <laughs> um, I would say, as a man thinketh. I would say as a man thinketh because it's so simple and I think it gets at the core of um, what, like what life is like as a man thinketh, so is he. And it's like, it talks about all these thoughts you have in your head and how the thoughts lead to all these results that you're seeing. And it's like thoughts to feelings, to actions, to results and thoughts also reinforce beliefs, which is like, what kind of generates our daily natural thoughts. And so if we can change our thoughts and be intentional about our thoughts, our entire world will start to change. So I really like the message of as a man thinketh um, and that, that concept of like really controlling your thinking and mm -hmm. how powerful it is. So if I had to pick one, that's one I'll pick mostly because it's right there, right next. Right. <laughs> it's under pressure. <laughs> that's, yep. that's the one. But there are a lot of other ones I love. And if you want to know, hit me up. <laughs> People a teaser. Be like, oh, if you want to know more. Yep. Um, Subscribe to my email list. No, just... <laughs> <laughs> sure, book recommendations. <laughs> um, so you, you've also you've also talked about kind of how, how much you care about other people and how you deeply want to create space for themselves through kind of raising their, their standard of, of living and, and creating space for yourself and for other others that way. So how do you take care of yourself? How do you create space for you? Absolutely. I do that through authenticity and honesty. So I think they go hand in hand. Like 
authenticity is more of like a self-awareness thing. And what I come to know is like, I usually know myself pretty well. Like your body usually tells you kind of what you want. Like if you're not okay with a situation, you're probably gonna feel some type of way about that situation. For example, like going to church. I'm not a big fan of going to church. I don't really like it. It drains my energy. It makes me fairly unhappy. Um, and the honesty comes in, like my girlfriend really likes going to church and she likes being supported in going to church. And so it's like, yeah, I'll go with her because that aligns with my values. But it's also being honest about the fact that I'm not really happy going, but I love you. So I'm going to go with you and I want to experience this with you. But this isn't something that I would do if it were up to me. And mm-hmm. so having space or creating space for me to be honest in that situation is really how I take care of myself. And then there's the whole um, working out too. I just love um, working out, but not for the health benefits because I've, al- I've always been pretty healthy. And one day I will like it for the health benefits, but right now I'm 22. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm riding that healthy wave. Uh, but really the mental challenge of like mm-hmm. specifically squats. Squats, it's like the, uh, the greatest foe because they're so consistent. The bar and the weights are always there and they're they're just waiting for you always to like come up and show up and squat the weight and then when you're too tired to squat they're still there mm. and the next day <laughs> they're still there and they'll be there every day <laughs> for the rest of my life <laughs> and so it's a constant mental challenge of like who's gonna win today me or the squats. Yeah, is that you have you have a whole relationship with the squats at this point, with the weights and the experience of it. There's a, almost like a poetic nature to it. <laughs> yeah, it's really funny too because I'm uh, I'm lactose intolerant, but I don't always adhere to my diet. One of the ways I should care for myself, but um, so sometimes it's hard to use the bathroom. But squats activate my nervous system. So every time I have to go squat, I have to go use the bathroom right before I squat. And it's just like, it's constant war between me and squats. It's a, it, in fact, it is for the health benefits, not health benefits that you actually think it would be. So I love it. It's a whole, it's a whole relationship. It's a whole sphere that's, that's going on there. Absolutely. Um, that's amazing. I love the first thing that you said about authenticity and, and honesty. I think it's something that I struggle with and like how to be authentic and then honest about it and kind of how does that affect relationships? So I think it's a really beautiful practice of like pairing the two of them and the example that you gave with like, I care. There's a thing, there's lots of things that I care about. They don't have to be in kind of opposition to one another if there is a way to, to communicate and be honest about it. So, and I love framing it as a self-care practice. Thank you. Yeah. And so uh, one last question for you from me, I guess maybe one other one as well is like, what is the question you've always wanted to be asked on this podcast? A question I've always wanted to be asked um, I don't know the exact question, but I know the answer that I want to say as a result. Okay, let's, let's hear it. <laughs> so it would be something along the lines of a follow-up why to my motivation, because what I've come to learn mm-hmm. in my self-awareness and like thinking about stuff and sporadically journaling and all that is that a big reason why I want to 
help people get out of unnecessary suffering is because I have pain from unnecessary suffering. And, you know, you read a lot of books and you listen to a lot of stuff like that have the concept, the power of now, where it's Mm -hmm. like when you focus on your life and not your life situation, um, a lot of that pain like goes away and it's just the ego like trying to like protect itself and it's scared and it's all this stuff but like the beauty of life like your life force like who you are at your essence is just such a beautiful thing and I think that is a concept that eludes me and so really like I think a lot of my motivation is uh, in part away from pain it's towards pain, but it's towards pain that serves a purpose. And I think I want to steer clear of what I feel is purposeless pain, which I feel like is a bit naive. And so the peace of Christ and the power of now, like all that kind of is intertwined and it eludes me. And so I would want a question that really gets at why it eludes me. And I feel like it kind of eludes me because of some like pain and insecurity that I haven't dealt with. One thing I guess you guys didn't hear in my story is that growing up, you heard I didn't say I love you to my parents until I was 18. That caused a lot of um, apathy to be developed. Mm. And so now Mm. sometimes it's hard for me. I can like logically think through my emotions, but then it emotions get to a point where logic like they just kind of (laughs) like it doesn't like (laughs) It doesn't go past that zone. It's like it hits a a barrier of it. It's like, okay, (laughs) what's behind it? So I was like, I'll understand it. But then I'm like, but I still feel this way, even though I kind of understand why I feel this way. And it's not all the way there. And it's just kind of like a, it's a weird kind of thing where I've built a very strong safe of apathy around emotions. And I think it's hard for me to penetrate that by myself. And I think that's why like the peace of Christ, the power of now, all of that stuff kind of eludes me, the emotional side of things, which is I've learned that like when you're thinking about the wholeness of a being, you know, you got the physical, you got the emotional, you got the mental, you got the spiritual, all of that kind of works together. It's like when one is like really messed up and you're not really paying attention to it, it's probably the thing that's like holding you back from really seeing the results you want to see in the other areas of your life. So like I really know a lot about investments and making money, but I'm not at the financial place I want to be yet. I'm like, part of that mental isn't right, limiting beliefs and all that good stuff. And then I'm like, my emotional isn't mm-hmm. isn't right. Like mm-hmm. there's some stuff I'm neglecting. And so really some question that gets into why the peace of Christ is eluding me and why I feel like there's work that needs to be done, if that makes sense. Like, I feel like I need there to be work that needs to be done as opposed to like, like I don't want a world where all 7.9 billion people or whatever are like just completely blissful because then I'm like, well, then I would have nobody to help with their dreams and goals because everybody would be living their dream life. <laughs> and so I'm like, well, then that would suck. Like, I want to be able to help people with their dreams and goals. But it's like, see now that that's like good intent but like you're missing some of life, if that makes sense. So questions that get at that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, I, to me, it sounds like it's it's less of a question, maybe like a co-exploration 
like someone to be to someone or something to like see the shape of what you're looking at and then like where how does it look like what is a piece like what what are even the different pieces like you're saying where the financial purpose emotions and where do they kind of connect or support one another and where are them even like the the gaps between them something like that but I love I love the first thing is to do is you gotta just say the thing that you want to be asked or you want to happen yeah yeah and I think a a big part of it like there's a mystery behind release and forgiveness to me like Mm. I've heard it explained I know how good it is but like I even know like you know people say consistent breath work consistent journaling consistent like all these activities but I'm like skeptical so there's a bit of there's a bit of that too where I want to be so really just diving into those more like uh intangible sides of self-improvement that don't have KPIs yeah 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 and maybe (laughs) maybe they don't have words either yep exactly (laughs) exactly yeah I guess the last thing is like how was this how was it it for you it was (laughs) great your experience I loved it a lot I loved it a lot. It was so fun. There's actually one last question that I usually ask that I don't put on the sheet because I want I, I want to surprise people with it. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think it's the one that you asked me beforehand, though you answered it at the last one, but ask it, ask it again. Did I answer it at the last one? Yeah, I think I asked you about, um, what was the question? If there was, uh, so you know how there are people with a fixed mindset? Yeah. Not to self-help, not, did I answer it? I asked you about what you think about that, but ask the question and ask yourself, I want, I feel like we need to complete the entire, the entire thing now. <laughs> gotcha. Well, it requires a bit of pretext. <laughs> <laughs> pretext yourself. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, there are people on the planet who have a really fixed mindset, not willing to accept help, not willing to accept change. Sometimes they live their whole life like that. Sometimes they'll die like that, unfortunately. Other times they make that switch to more of a fixed mindset, willing to accept help and willing to accept change. What's the catalyst that causes that change? It's the question I really want to answer and man I hope it's not different from the last one because then I seem really uh well maybe maybe we'll see what has changed over over that time maybe it's the same what parts are the same so what's the catalyst Timothy what is the catalyst of a growth mindset yeah I think um so a lot of people usually they'll say rock bottom and they'll say uh or somebody comes into their life like something from outside comes in And so people usually change because of inspiration or desperation. But I think the follow-up question is like inspiration towards or desperation from what to what I think Mm, is, mm -hmm. I think that's where the catalyst really is because inspiration or desperation sparks like, okay, I know something needs to change, but what like is like, what sparks the change? And I think that's purpose and identity. I think that's really what did it for me. Like when I had the, uh, when I found purpose of like, I'm really trying to shoot to really raise that standard of living to middle-class America or the identity of like, I'm loved no matter what I do. I think that's what really allowed me to start changing. And so I think that's my answer. I think it wasn't very different than last time. So I think you're good. (laughs) Sounds good. (laughs) Sounds good. Sounds good. Awesome. 
this was a lot of fun for me. I'm really glad that we did this and got to learn a little more about you and your dreams. And thank you for being vulnerable and for, for sharing kind of a lot of the context of the space of you. And yeah, you've, you've had so many episodes for other people and I'm so glad that, that I could be here for this one. Yeah. Yeah. No, I am glad that you interviewed me. Like that was, that was so fun. <laughs> and I'm glad that you asked. It was a bold ask too. Like it was like, <laughs> Hey, should I, can I interview you too? So I appreciate that. I appreciate the confidence to ask. Yeah, a lot of it was the context. It's like the, it's such a great opportunity. And oftentimes, like even as a coach, like I ask all the questions, but oftentimes questions aren't asked back. So how is it to just make that offer? And the worst thing that you could have done is said, I've done this before or like, no, thank you. And yeah. that would have been that the worst thing would have happened. And now we have these really two cool episodes. <laughs> there we go. There we go. <laughs> well, awesome. Guys, thanks for listening. Mary, thanks for interviewing me. You're very, very welcome. It was such a pleasure. Yep. And if you guys loved what you heard, feel free to hit me up whenever. We can chat about it whenever for however long you want. Although I may have to cut it off because sometimes it can get unhealthy how long they go. <laughs> um, as we always ask, shoot this podcast to one to three people you know need to hear this message. Shoot us a five-star review on iTunes. And if you happen to know one of the one billion people that want to move towards the mission with me, Connect them to me, please. Alrighty. See you guys. Guys, thanks for listening. Make sure to reach out to our guests and help them accomplish their dreams and goals if you resonated with them. If you're looking for any intentional masterminds or one-on-one coaching to accomplish your dreams and goals, make sure to check out the website, workwithtimmydouglas.com, and contact me either there or on social media. That's all I got. Have a blessed day.